0: Welcome to Simple Faith with host Dale Carlson, bringing solid Christian answers to your questions and concerns. For simple faith on life changing radio here's host Dale Carlson
1: I hit the wrong buttons I'm so sorry uh, we are uh, we're we're here today and uh, we're happy that you're going to spend a little bit of time with us this afternoon and and I just want to ask you today to help me out because I'm really struggling with uh, some some, uh, some things, and and it really started for me uh, struggling. Maybe maybe I'm tortured by some things. Uh, I, I I just uh, these ideas that that uh, that um, that I, I I guess it started with, with feed my starving childrens thing, and I've I've mentioned this before on the air that uh, that every four seconds somebody dies of starvation in this world and it's made me think a lot it made me search my heart and search just just see you know what's going on i guess and i'm going to ask uh jim if you would read a a short passage of scripture and that that describes what jesus says our relationship is to be to this world
2: okay i'd be happy to do that this is in. The Gospel of Matthew, and it's chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is talking here to that small group of people who have really committed their lives to following Jesus. Mm -hmm. And here's what he says to them. He says, for you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt should lose its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled for the ground. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and praise your Father who is in heaven.
1: Amen. Amen. Well, that's, that's, Amen. that's it. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking about, uh, you know, how are we doing with that? How, how is our light so shining before men that they can mm. see our good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven? You know, um, how are we doing? One person dies every four seconds from starvation. I did some math on that, and uh, and I, I I figured out that uh, one person every four seconds means 15 people a minute. And uh, and you you uh, 15 minutes, uh, uh, you know times times uh, 60 minutes times 24 hours times. It all, it all adds up to uh, just under 8 million people every year that are perishing because of starvation. Wow. And, um, you know, what, it, it just sounds like, it sounds like an enormous problem. It sounds like something that, uh, you know, it's one of those things you, 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 you feel in your heart, but you don't know what to do with it, and so you kind of put it on a shelf somewhere and don't think about it anymore.
2: Eight million,
1: eight, eight million
2: people like you and I. Yeah, pe- pe- ordinary people. Yeah, people in this who are living who are starving to death.
1: And I, you know, I'm thinking that Jesus says, if you know somebody's hungry, you better feed them. That's that's our job. I mean, uh, that's what Scripture tells us to do. But we can't see those people. Uh, we don't. They, we don't interact with those people necessarily. Probably don't. But uh, but one person dying every four seconds, almost eight eight million, actually seven million eight hundred eighty four thousand people, uh, according to these, to this are, are perishing every year. Eight million people. We know uh, feed my starving children will give us meals for thirty cents apiece. Mm-hmm. And I, I've I've eaten those meals, and I'll tell you they're not five star re- uh, restaurant type meals. Uh, it's it's <laughs> it's basic survival stuff, um, but it's nutritious and it uh, it uh, it feeds people. And, you know, how would you feed almost 8 million people uh, 30 cents a meal, uh, three meals a day? You know, how, how much would that cost? Well, I did the math on that too. And uh, it would cost uh, $2,600,000,000 to, uh, to feed um, people three meals a day with Feed My Starving Children 30 cents a day meal. And... Uh, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's more money than I have in my pocket, and, uh, and it still sounds like it, 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 it makes the problem sound even bigger, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, how are you going to do that? And then I, I looked at, you know, how many Christians are there in this country? And Pew Research tells us that uh, there's 334 million people in the United States of America, and 63% of those people claim to be Christians, Sixty-three percent. That's two hundred and ten million Christians in this country. And if you have two hundred million Christians and uh, and uh, feeding, uh, uh, you know, uh, dividing up two billion six hundred thousand meals, you've got uh, it would cost each one of those Christians about twelve dollars and forty cents a month. Uh, Oh, a year. I'm sorry, twelve dollars and forty cents a month. To, uh, to feed all those people, 8 million people, uh, meals, 3 meals a day, 30 cents a meal, uh, less than uh, $13, a little more than $12, dollars uh, dollar for a month for every Christian in this country.
2: Shoot, I got that in my pocket.
1: Yeah, I know. I do too. <laughs> but, you know, when I think of letting our light light, uh, so shined before. We're a city that's on a hill, mm. and uh, we're 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 uh, we're showing our light to those around us, uh, and we're showing who Jesus is to us. You know, I think about the the champions that we've had in this studio over the last year. Uh, these ministries that uh, that you know we've we've wept with the people that are here. Uh, in the station and and we can see the passion you can't see that Uh, maybe you can hear it through the through the airwaves here but we can see it uh, sitting here in around the table just the passion that these folks have for the ministries that they're in and yet uh, Bob has done a tremendous job uh, for us of finding these people. They're not. They're not. Uh, they're not. They're not easy to find. I mean, uh, yeah, we're Christians, right. yes. and it takes. It, it's quite a job for Bob each each uh, each week to uh, to fill this this uh, this radio station. So, you know, is that our light so shining before men uh, like a city set on a hill?
2: Wow, you know yeah.
1: it's it's really not uh you know and and it's taking nothing away from these people these are real disciples that are, are are laying down their lives for what what uh what they believe jesus wants them to do and so uh but you know it's it's uh it's far less than all of us working together we we ask every week uh, that somebody comes here, you know, it's it's pretty common that uh, these people need two things: they need money and they need volunteers, mm. and uh, and they're desperate for volunteers. What do we hear from one of those pregnancy resource centers that uh, they they've got eight eight people uh, they, there?
0: They, yeah, and they need sixteen. They in need order 16. to Function? Yeah full capacity
1: right Uh, they could use those volunteers and I don't know if they've got them or not Uh, you know we we need to find out That was down in Sanford down in Sanford yep and uh, and so there's a tremendous need uh, Mm -hmm. for people to be volunteering in these places So I I, I look at this exercise that I did and it it kind of made me feel good in a way that uh, Mm -hmm. that that uh, that something so big can be um, uh, affected if we all did a little bit, a dollar a month, I mean, that's, that's uh, I don't know, how many, how many cans do you have to pick up uh, off the street mm. to, to make a dollar a month? Yeah. Um, but uh,
2: there must be 16 Christian believers in Sanford area mm. that could.
1: Well, you think so. You think so. And that's. that's, that's, that's just 16. That's, uh, that's the, the purpose of what we want to talk about today, I think, is, is just you know, the power that we have is the body of Christ, mm-hmm. when Jesus says, "You know, you'll be doing greater things than these." You know, He fed five thousand. He said, to "The disciples, you'll be doing greater things than this." And and for a dollar a month, we could be, we could, we could let our light shine in a way that uh, that uh, that the whole world would see. Mm-hmm. This is this is what we believe in. If we if we set our minds, if Christians as believers said, we're not going to tolerate one person to starve. In this world, ever again, we could do that.
2: Well, Dale, you've done it, haven't you? You, you've participated in, we've, are we've, actively yeah, involved we, in, We've participated in,
1: in a very, very small piece of that. Uh, you know, it. Uh, um, you know, I. I you know, we, we've. It sounds big. It sounds like five hundred ninety thousand yeah. meals. That yeah. sounds like a lot. But you know, when you're talking about. Um, um, the amount of meals that that we would have to feed eight thousand people it's just it's just a drop in the bucket
2: well, but if every Christian church in uh, in the state of maine uh, did n- what nine hundred
1: well no, well it's it's uh, I, I'm talking about every christian in in uh, in the, in the, the, in the in country. country in the United States yeah. of America. But you know that's that's uh, that would be so difficult to uh, to to pull together. Uh, but I think it's just organize. a a, a, a uh, just an example of what could happen if uh, if we really began to look at now you know are we really that light on a hill and and how are we doing you know as a manager of, of uh, you know various businesses over my life you know you got to look at yourself once in a while and say you know what. Mm. How are we doing, and, and what uh, you know? What do we d- got to do differently to uh, to be that light, to be that uh, to to be successful in what we're trying mm-hmm. to accomplish, to do the job that Jesus has called us to do, um, to uh, to um, to love others like He loved us. You know, He came as an example. He didn't come to do the whole thing. He gave us a job to do, and so you know, that just makes us makes me wonder. You know, where where you know in, in the fact in fact, Jim. Um, I did the numbers on the state of Maine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I thought so.
1: And, uh, and uh, there's, uh, I don't know, about uh, 1,350,000 people living in Maine, and 58%, not as many as the national average of 63%, but 58% of the people in Maine claim to be Christians. And, uh, and that's, that, that amounts to a little over 800,000 Christians in the state of Maine. It makes me wonder, you know, what could happen mm-hmm. if we if we really said, yeah. you know, we're brothers and sisters, and we're going to work together to be a light here in the northeastern part of the country uh, in it, something, uh, uh, it, whether it's feeding people or or whether it's uh, whether it's um, uh, supporting uh, women who have unexpected pregnancies, or mm-hmm. we 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 think that uh, that uh, you know one of the things that troubles me a lot is is uh, what's what's um, What's going on in our schools? I mean, our kids are being proselytized uh, with worldly values that are totally uh, 180 degrees from what we believe in and what, uh, what what's precious to our hearts. And and uh, you know, you start looking at at um, at those issues through this lens. You know, what could we do together if we really put our minds to it? You know, we've got we've got so many church buildings in this in this state that are vacant right now. People aren't coming mm. anymore. Where are these 800,000 mm. people? We've got church buildings, so many of them that uh, that are vacant for six and a half days a week. Um, you know what? You know, could we use these for schools? And do we do we believe enough to say, you know, uh, to to our our uh, our government? You know. God bless you, you go do what you got to do, but our children, we're going to raise them the way God told us to raise those, our children, and if we can't do it in the public school, we think it needs to be done privately, and, uh, and, uh, and this is important to us. And we're willing to do what Jesus said to lay down our life for our own children, uh, to, uh, to, to uh, teach them. And raise them in the, in the way that God has has, uh, has told us to to raise them. So I'm 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 I'll tell you what, folks. I'm really struggling with this, and I'm inviting you today to to call in 725-9224, or text us at five seven six fifty six forty eight, and uh, and join us in this conversation because we're going to talk more about this uh, today as we as we uh, as we move through our uh, afternoon hour. Um. I think uh, we want to talk. You know, I, I think as we talk about this, we want to uh, we want to talk about uh, uh, what Jesus' commission is mm. to his disciples, and what that what that means, and uh, and how are we doing at not only being a light on the hill, but in order to do that, uh, you know, uh, is it is it uh, does can we be Christians uh, without being a disciple? You know, can we can we actually call ourselves christian if we're not on the pathway to being a disciple you know what what is that what does it look like
0: well at the new testament uh, 29 times the word disciple is mentioned and what it means in the greek <coughs> is a learner or a pupil someone mm-hmm. who who has full attention mm-hmm. to the teachings of jesus christ is is what it means to be a
1: disciple yeah. so with 200 10 million Christians in this country what is the impact What's, what's the, what, you know, what are we doing together that is making us shine as a light on a hill and I'm going to leave it right there we've got to come up for a break <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I don't like to talk this much but I've, I kind of hogged this uh, first 20 minutes but I, I want to talk more all right. as we're, uh, as we, uh, when we come back from break so Nate if you can take us to break uh, i sure appreciate it thanks a lot
2: don't go away
1: Welcome back to Simple Faith. Uh, I'm so happy if you're still here with us. <laughs> we, we've been having a a, a a discussion here in the studio about this uh, all all afternoon. And uh, so I, I'm gonna ask Bob, you know we're we're, we're going to talk about being disciples and what that really means. Mm-hmm. And Bob, would you uh, read us uh, that the eighteen matthew twenty eight, eighteen through twenty? So what does it mean to be a disciple?
0: Mm. Well, I mean, really, the word dis- discipline mm-hmm. is, uh, is, is where we get the word disciple, and it means to be disciplined to the teachings of Jesus Christ and what he has called us uh, into the world to do. I mean, if, if, if for instance, if, if the whole purpose of my life was just to get saved, then my life now is vain. Mm. But that's not the whole purpose of my life but it's to serve him and to be a son of God here on this earth and to extend his ministry. And what did his ministry look like, I think, is something we need to go back and look at.
1: So it sounds like, uh, when you read that, Bob, uh, it sounds like, to me, Jesus is saying that uh, to make a disciple, it sounds isn't like a, uh, it's, it's not an event, it's a process.
0: It de- exactly,
1: yeah. it's it's not something. So, so at some point, uh, yeah. the the disciple uh, is is a student, mm. and uh, you know, I I think sometimes we think that uh, that when Jesus was walking down the beach and called Peter and Andrew and James and mm-hmm. John, that, uh, that that was they were immediately disciples. I don't think that's what uh, this scripture is saying. It uh, it says he's there to make disciples.
2: Yeah, and so that was a process. At what point do you see any points at which the guys, the fishermen who Jesus called on the Sea of Galilee, became not just learners, but became themselves disciples, followers of Jesus? Is it how 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 do you be, get to that point where you've gone from learning? To actually practicing and yeah, doing, yeah, I think
1: I think that's a good point, Jim. I think yeah, I think. Uh, but before we get there, let's talk about what did Jesus <laughs> do to make disciples. What, right, what was right. how did how did he do that? Well, I mean,
0: I think this. I mean, you know, we come into Christianity with our own carnal thinking, and and I think of the remember when the apostles, uh, the disciples came to Jesus and said, uh, you know, call fire down upon them mm-hmm. like Elias like Elias did, you know. Uh, on Mount Carmel, and he said, you don't know what spirit you're of. I mean, he had yeah. to start with a pretty raw bunch. Yep. And and it was a process.
1: Yeah, it's a process. Yep.
2: But the the, the business of... It, it says, make disciples. In that Great Commission, mm. he says, make disciples. But does he tell us in that same statement? Because there's just a few verses there. But does he tell us how? I, he says, go and and... And he doesn't. He didn't use a disciple as a noun to describe what a person is. He mm. used the verb disciple oh. all nations, mm. and he uses a verb that says this is the way I want you to act. What I want you to do, not what I want you to be. Disciple in, discipling is a is a verb, an action.
1: Well, it is an action. I think you're right, uh, but. I don't think it says clearly, you know, uh, you know, lesson one, lesson two, lesson three, step A, step right, B, step right, C, right. but but uh, but Jesus shows us, and Scripture shows us what He did to make those disciples over a period of time, yeah. three years, yeah, three years uh, that, that He walked with, and those they guys. still
0: weren't re- done
1: yet, but no, they <laughs> yeah. weren't they weren't done, but now you know, where do you get to that point yeah. that they actually became a disciple? What you know. Uh, Let's talk first. I, I now I'm jumping where you were, Jim. <laughs> but well, what what can we learn from Jesus as to how to make disciples? What did he do?
0: Well he said right here in the text uh, on verse twenty, it says, Teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded to you. Mm-hmm. In other words, we receive it from God and then we and and then we uh give it out to those as we receive
3: it. But he
2: slipped something in there, Okay, Bob, He slipped something in ahead of teaching. Uh-huh. And that was, he says, baptizing them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and what the heck does that mean? Does that mean he's, he's supposed to dunk everybody in water? <laughs> Is that a ceremony? And I uh-huh. don't think so. I think baptizing was something... If you look at what Jesus knew of baptizing, mm. it was a it was a for, a, it, it was a way of cleansing somebody. It had two pieces to it. John the Baptist baptized, mm. and two pieces he used. One was to help people acknowledge that they're going the wrong way, that their life is that they're they're choosing, making the wrong kinds of choices. And that their lives are lives are moving in a negative direction. First so really, that's, that's yeah. That. that
1: that that was really. I'm sorry, to didn't interrupt you, Jim. But I I think what you said is important because baptism, uh, it's a tradition of ours. You know, people get wet when they get baptized mm-hmm. in our tradition. But I'm thinking about the way that uh, Jesus walked with his disciples, you know, and he, he led them through all kinds of various crises uh, in their lives, and they kind of got baptized in those crises also uh, uh, and, uh, and, and watched Jesus work those things out. I'm thinking about trying to feed the 5,000, and they got these little loaves and fishes, and, and <laughs> the, 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 the disciples must have freaked out, saying, you've lost your mind. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, uh, but Jesus took care of it. Yeah. Well,
2: and the disciples, as these situations arose, the disciples first recognized that they were missing the boat. That, like they recognized that how on earth could we feed these hungry people? We can't, it's an impossible job, too many, and we don't have enough food. And they struggled, like you wrestle with this idea of world hunger and feeding people while well, the disciples wrestled with it. They recognized that they didn't have enough. Step one for them was to recognize we can't do it. Mm-hmm. We don't know how to do it. Yep. Then step two was then Jesus said, "Bring, bring what you what have you got?
1: What have you mm-hmm. got? Yeah."
2: And and then step three was bring it to me. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What you so that was a process by which the disciples grew.
1: We have a we have a saying says being baptized by fire, and I think I think in 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 some ways Jesus was baptizing them all three years mm. that, yeah. uh, with different situations. In, in, and at uh,
2: times, that must have been very uncomfortable for those disciples. Mm-hmm. That process of, of being baptized or learning or discipling, must have, it was inconvenient. It was uncomfortable. They were embarrassed to, to have to say to Jesus, when Jesus said, have him sit down and feed him. And they said, it must have been embarrassing to say, I, Lord, how, I don't know how to do that. I can't do that. So that this this embarrassment and discomfort and inconvenience on the part of the learner if he's going to grow and mm-hmm. become a
0: disciple. Well, I think that you know when Jesus took the few fishes and a few loaves and he fed the multitude and then we find a few chapters later that they're uh, talking among themselves and we've only got a few little change here and he told Jesus to send them away. Um, they still had to learn. Uh, number one, that God can give the church what it needs, if the church will step forward. In other words, it's, it's an act of faith. We can say, "Well, we can't like you know we can't feed the poor because we don't have enough." Well, if we would step out in faith and believe, I believe God can provide for us. Uh, you know the the resources
1: the the the, the fact of the matter is yeah. Bob that yeah. uh, that you know these these numbers that we've done mm. show that we can do that yeah, with, with, can. without even laying down our lives without even an inconvenience we can do that yeah, but part of it is you know, do we love each other uh, as Christian brothers and sisters yeah. uh, is this is this something that we can get together and do uh, that that is more important than uh, than than how we our individual congregations, mm. and uh, mm. that we can say, you know, we're brothers and sisters. We've had, we've had people from a lot of different denominations. We've had Catholics sure. and Baptists and yeah. and, uh, and
2: Pentecostals. You know,
1: Pentecostals in here um, that are doing God's work. Um, can we actually, you know, trust and, and love our brothers and sisters and respect our brothers and sisters to, to work together? Because we've got a bigger problem than the problems between our de- denominations that's going on in our country right now. I think it's a heart problem. It's a heart problem, and it's a yeah yeah. It's a it's an ego problem. It's a, it's mm. you know you you talk about uh, you you talk about uh, what divides us, and you could make a list as long as your arm. But what, what, what puts us together is is uh, is that we're supposed to be brothers and sisters in the name of Jesus.
2: Which may be why Jesus put so much e- emphasis on gathering. Yep. Uh Gather, gather, come together, come, was one of his favorite verbs. Yeah. That may because you gotta get you gotta come together. Yeah. I mean, I wonder how often the church has said, "Send them away." We haven't got enough. We can't take mm-hmm. care. and send them away, as opposed to saying, "Well, what do we have?" Let, wait a minute, let's take a look yeah. and see what we got, and then bring it to Jesus.
1: R- Ralph would often tell a story uh, about, uh, about a church that he belonged to at one point, and, and, uh, and some some member of their congregation had their house burned down. And, uh, and so the deacons got together, whatever group in the uh, church got together, and uh, and they talked and they talked and they talked, and they wanted to help out. And uh, they finally uh, decided that uh, they would give them $50
2: <laughs> <laughs> house burned down. And,
1: and, uh, and somebody spoke up and said, that's not right. We've got to do more than that. That's not right. You know, they're, they're part of our church, and they're part of our community. We need to do better than that. Hmm. So they talked some more, and they gave them $75. Wow.
2: <laughs> oh, gee. Wow. So, you know, but that's yeah. the way that's we us. think. Yeah.
1: That's, that's who we are. Yep, yeah. that's who we are. Um, and, so uh,
2: something's got to change yeah. in the way we tend to think and respond to stuff, to needs like that.
1: Yeah. Uh, Barbara is on the phone from Lewiston. We, we appreciate you calling, Barbara. Can you hear us? Hello, hello Barbara? Yes. Yeah, hi. Hi. What, 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 hi. what, what can we do for you?
3: Well, I I was listening to your broadcast and I had a number of thoughts that were racing through my mind with regard to discipleship and all. And, you know, it just occurred to me, like you were saying, it was his love that sent him to the cross. It was his love that he exercised when he was teaching his disciples, both in word and in deed. And uh, I shared in church one Sunday recently that I'd read a scripture in um, in, in the Bible that um, Rick Renner had pointed out where the word there for brothers in the Greek was Adelphos, and mm. it came from an old medical term that actually meant two people who were born in the same womb.
2: Hmm. Oh, wow. And when you
3: think about the fact that we are all in the body of Christ, we have all been born, if you will, for lack of better terms, into the womb of Christ. We are family. Amen. And as family, as the song says, we guard each man's dignity, we save each man's pride. In love, we share, we teach, we rebuke. We, we set our lives as an example of how Christ lived his life so they can learn from that. And there's just a, a diverse and multitude of ways that I believe that the Church can uh, disciple Christians. And I think one of the things that the Church has gotten away from in latter years is back in the day when we got saved, the pastors and I'm not pointing any fingers at anybody because I know it's all really great pastors are only one of them. Um, <laughs> okay. is, when they came into the church, they they taught them. They taught them the doctrines of the church. If they had questions, they, they helped them out. The questions if they had problems, they dealt with them. <clears throat> and they dealt with them in such a way that it was discipling. We met met in homes, the Bible was taught to us. Nowadays, it feels like people come into the church they get saved and then they're on their own. Yeah. They go back home for, during the week and they're in the world and then they come back a week later and they hear a little sermon for an hour and then they're back off and there's no real act of teaching these people um the scriptures and admonishing and them, warning them and so on. I don't know if I'm making any sense. You're
1: making a lot of sense, Barbara. Yes. I,
3: yeah, I think that the whole thing of discipleship, first and foremost, is rooted in, first, our love and willingness to serve and obey Christ and follow his example, and then exactly. be, go out and love others in the same way that he loved us. You've you have nailed it. It a mass of things. Oh, yep.
2: yes, yes, Barbara. I can remember a time when I would have thought I would have been terribly uncomfortable with that definition of being a brother uh, mm-hmm. that says two people who were born in the same womb. That would have mm-hmm. made me awfully uncomfortable. Right. But it's so true. If we're mm-hmm. born again, we're born in the same womb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Barbara,
3: thank you. And, thank, I, if, and if oh, I shared oh, in a sermon, uh, <clears throat> a sermon, a message uh, in t- to church the other day, the attitude that families in the flesh have toward one another is very protective. It's very loyal. You don't want people speaking ill of your family or cheating your family ill mm-hmm. or doing anything that's unjust to them. And then likewise, it ought to be the same in the house of God that instead of backbiting and gossiping and criticizing and
1: and Mm. whatnot,
3: we ought also to love them in such a way that we are protected of them, we guard them, we esteem them higher than ourselves, we serve them in whatever capacity the Lord has for us.
2: Mm. I think you're right, Barbara. The key to that word disciple, what it means to be a disciple, is love.
1: Right. I, th- I think, uh, Barbara, I'm going to let you go. These mm-hmm. are, And I, wa- I want to I stay on that same theme, though, okay. and I, I really appreciate right. your call. God bless you. Thank you. Thank right. you, Barbara. And I think what she said is, is so true. Uh, you know, there's knowledge that we need uh, to be disciples, but I think, I think that what Jesus did is he didn't only impart knowledge. He walked through those situations with people. Yeah. And and uh and so, you know, I I th- I think that's one of the things that I've experienced uh in in churches. That we all have a discipleship program, but it, it mm. really is a Bible study. You come in and you you study the Bible and then people go away and uh and that's it. But, you know, uh yeah, Jesus was was uh was was uh was very active in the pe- lives of the people that he was actually discipling.
2: Well, in in, in John 3:16, it says God so loved the world that he gave mm-hmm. love well, is giving
0: well I, I think we what I hear
1: you say is we need to model it yeah, well yeah we need yeah if we're doing it a different way than Jesus we're off track yeah uh, and uh, you know if, if we if we can see and really uh, spend some time and recognize what Jesus was doing you know this morning I got to tell you this morning I got up uh, and uh, I came downstairs, and uh, my wife was um, was uh, was whipping up something uh, <laughs> for dinner. And I said, uh, "Honey, what are you doing?" And she says, "Well, I'm loving my husband."
2: <laughs>
1: and I said, "Well, it's about time." <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I, but but then I said, you know what? Uh, this is exactly what uh, what uh, what wow. Jesus did. You wow. know, to uh, to to, right. to do things for people yeah. and, and to show our love, not just talk about it. We are so good about talking about the love of Jesus, but we forget about how to show the love of Jesus.
2: Yes. Jeez, what, that's what an answer that touches me yeah. very yeah. much.
1: I was touched by but that, said, and it, it 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 ended up. Um, my wife is not a Christian, I'm, uh, and uh, but it ended up us having a wonderful conversation about uh, about, about what love really is, and uh, and I just I just uh, I, I just I just I loved that conversation. But it's uh, you know what? What are you doing? You're loving Jesus. When you love somebody else, you're loving you're loving Jesus. And uh, so, so many times, I think we think that we've got to go out and, and change the world. But all we have to really do is love Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I know my wife loves a um, loves a uh, a card uh, mm-hmm. for her birthday and for Valentine's Day and, and whatever else like that. And so I spend a lot of time. Um, Looking at different cards for uh, for those those things, but I, I I know what what makes her feel loved, yeah and uh, yeah. I read a lot of cards and and mm-hmm. I you know finally, I choose just the right one that I think is going to do the trick uh, to express you know my feelings, but that's what we should be doing with God. God says if you love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and uh, and the way you do that is by loving your neighbors
2: that may be how you make disciples
1: yeah, yep. that may
2: be the key right there. Well, I think it is, I wonder if you could almost define it like a disciple you become a disciple when you come to the point where you give more than you receive
1: yeah it, <laughs> and it's 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 about a little bit about laying down your life yeah uh, uh I think we've got to go to break here now I uh, see see Nathan, we've got a couple more minutes he's got somebody else on the line, so i'm oh. i'm I'm looking forward to whoever that is, but uh but uh when we come back after our break I want to talk a little bit about I want to follow up on Jim's uh thing with uh at what point did Jesus students become disciples because I mm. think that's so important um that we we uh we recognize okay. the process and then we recognize the 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 transition point uh that uh that uh, that happens uh in actually becoming a disciple so uh Nathan, uh, you want to go to break, and uh, we'll be right back, and we will uh, we'll 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 continue this conversation. God bless you. Buddha. Welcome back to uh, Simple Faith. Uh, we've got uh, Don uh, Doll from Window Wilton. David. David from Wilton. <laughs> David, how are you? are you? Are you there? Yep. Yep. Yeah. What do you got? What do you got for us today, David? I appreciate you calling in
4: yeah, hey, uh, I uh, worked over in Israel for five years, and uh, uh, one of the gifts that Jesus Christ gave us is the the Sabbath, the greatest gift that he gave a day to completely relax, and uh, I just completely enjoy it. Uh, I'm getting a complete feedback. Uh, uh, it's... But anyway, uh, I'm an old logger, and I just enjoyed visiting with the Messianic community over there. And uh, they have great difficulty in what the church is teaching here, that the Sabbath was changed to Sunday. God is not two-faced. He's either uh, have a Sabbath on Saturday. Or he has on Sunday. So uh I, I you know, I don't go to church, I'm a logger, I, you know, and I am not uh up on what all you're teaching here. But I enjoyed visiting with the Messianic Jews, especially the Ethiopian Jews, black Jews from uh, direct descendants of Moses who keep Mm -hmm. the Sabbath and the Holy Days. And uh, I I just enjoyed being over there. So I don't know if you want to talk about that anymore or
1: not. Well, uh, I appreciate you calling, David. I I think that sounds like a real, uh, very interesting. And so I appreciate you calling, and and, uh, and, uh, keep listening. We'll keep talking. <laughs> yeah. God bless you, brother.
4: Yeah. God you. bless
1: thank you, Thank you so much. Yes, David. Uh, that, was, that, was, that was nice to hear, uh, to hear another voice, uh, another one of our listeners. Um, but I, I want to spend the last few minutes talking about, uh, you know, we, we kind of got into a, almost a wrangle here <laughs> before our, our program, talking about what, what, what exactly was, was that point in which the student became the disciple? Uh, because i think it's important to understand that and i think i think if we do understand that we're going to we're going to discover where the power is for us to make these changes that we have to make and uh because it's it's you uh, know I I, I I if i get brave enough i might say some pretty controversial things here in a little bit but uh but uh so jim you have you've got something you wanted to say about that
2: well i I struggle with, you know, what there was quite a process. The disciples were with Jesus for three years. Mm -hmm. At the end of those three years, they still hadn't quite gotten it. I mean, Peter, remember it was at the end of those three years that they had been learners and following Jesus, and they had given up an awful lot in their lives Mm -hmm. to, to follow Jesus. And yet, it's still, after three years of that, Peter, when push came to shove, and he was confronted with enemies of Jesus, people that wanted to destroy Jesus, mm-hmm. he denied he knew Jesus Yeah,
1: I, I agree. He was still a student, wasn't he? he,
2: he I think so. Yeah, I and think he yet, was still a student, yeah. When yeah. Jesus confronted Peter before that, when Jesus confronted Peter and the other disciples with a question, who do you say that I am? Mm. And Peter jumped right to an answer. It didn't take – people didn't hesitate. You are the Christ, the Son of God.
1: You're the Messiah. He still didn't get it. But, yeah,
2: because Jesus ended up saying to him, what you're saying is not of God, it's of men. This is from your human reason you're talking. You're not talking from from the Spirit of God. And
1: he didn't yet understand the power that uh, uh, that Jesus was talking about uh, there either, did he? No. Not, Not yet. But he did. He did. He he, uh, he actually laid down his life uh, in a pretty gruesome way uh, when he became a disciple, didn't he?
2: Yes, but it w- and it was only after that he had laid down his life and then come back again. Who? Jesus? Jesus. <laughs> when, when, and Peter did. Yeah, Peter laid down his life. But <laughs> it was only after Jesus went the full m- way and laid down his life and came back that he could release to the disciples know, and that to the me power.
1: to what you're talking about Jim is is so exciting because that's really the process of becoming born again I mean uh, when we you know when when uh, when Peter saw that that there was really eternal life it wasn't Jesus talking about it, but he saw that Jesus came back from the dead and he said I've gone to he he told him already he said I'm going to pr- prepare a place for you and uh and uh and if it wasn't so I wouldn't tol- I would have told you so so when Jesus came back from the dead when he really saw the truth in that Jesus all of a sudden there was a light bulb that went on yeah and uh and that's when that's when Jesus became that's when all the disciples became went from student to disciple and uh, and I think that's so important for us to understand uh, who we are and where we're coming from and where our power lies. Mm. Uh, in that um, that you know when 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 uh, a a lady is is making up a decision whether to carry that baby to term and uh, and and um, and or, or to uh, and, and whether that's going to uh, impact her life or not. When we're talking about uh, people struggling with their sexuality, and um, and uh, it's they're they're really not wrong, because and I'm going to say that because because they're thinking about things in a very short time period. They're thinking, you know, I've got to get everything I can out of this life because in in uh, in a few years it's going to be over. Oh, yeah. But when we begin to realize. That we have eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That, that, uh, that. Unless you see um, uh, the fact that uh, that that we're going to be resurrected again with Christ. Uh, John one twelve says we've been we've been given the um, the uh, uh, the the what is the word he uses that we've been given the right, the right to, to become, become children of God. Thank you, yeah. thank you, thank you. And yeah, and he says that John says that right in the first right right in the first. Verses of what uh, of his gospel he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and he was in the beginning with God. And so he sets the, uh, the, 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 the stage of who he is and where he comes from. And uh, he says, He was in, in all things came into being by him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. And that's Jesus' life. And then he says, In him was life. And the life was a light of men. It was that eternal life that was a light of men. It was his life of discipleship that was a light of men. But it goes all the way back to the beginning, to the creation. If you want to see the light, you've got to understand the life. And until the disciples saw the life that was in him after they saw him killed, and it was no question that he was dead and buried for three days, but he rose again. That they understood um, that uh, that that there was something beyond this, and it gave them the power to lay down their lives for um, for uh, for for others. Because because whatever happens to us in this life is temporary, and they understood that.
2: Yeah, but but Jesus said Jesus Himself was the light that lights the way for everyone.
1: Oh yeah, but His life was the light
2: but then he turned around to his disciples and said now you guys are the light
1: exactly and that's I'm passing that light on to you and that's that's what happens when we are born again we we it takes a while just like the disciples to to get that uh, ingrained into our soul and to really trust that and sometimes it requires a lot of pain a lot of Reorganizing our thoughts because we don't like to get hit with that two by four that comes down <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> yes, and uh, um, but it's it, you know after a period of time we start to trust him and we start to know that uh, what he says is true. We we sense the Holy Spirit uh, working in our lives and we can we can uh, mm. we can we can trust him. I know that I went through a terrible time, and I thought I was all done, um, but uh, but uh, um, Jesus came and. Took me out of it and uh, and and protected me and and uh, and and uh, blessed me and uh, and it, sometimes it takes that and sometimes I don't remember that and but I got to be taught was, again.
2: There was a point for you. Was there a point for you at which you could say I've been born again?
1: Oh, you know I I, I struggle with that too. Yeah. You know the point that uh, I became born again. I think there was, you know, I I can remember that situation when I was about seven years old, uh, and oh. and there was a there was an altar call, and I, I I went down to the altar. I didn't feel like my feet touched the floor. I just felt carried down wow. down the aisle and made that uh, made that commitment. But boy, it's been a long hard pull since, you know, and and, long in, and between. In, in between, uh, to the point that I could say, yeah, was I born again? I think so. I mean, that was certainly a spiritual experience for me as a very young boy. Mm. But uh, when did I become a disciple? I think it's been a long time coming, and, uh, no, and I, but I, you, I hope I'm getting there.
2: But you know, there was a time with those disciples, with those 12 disciples that had been following Jesus, there was a time when he finally set the, sent them out on their own.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: To, to, and, and remember, when they came back and they went out with a lot, I, I suspect, a little fear and trembling when Jesus said, go, and you go into people's homes and start— sharing the gospel with them, that they, they were a little nervous, uncomfortable, and thinking, you know, what if they don't want me around? What do they send me away? But when they came back from that time that Jesus sent them out, and I don't know how long it was, they came back amazed mm-hmm. and said, Holy smoke, Lord, that we actually, demons left, and lives were changed while we were out there. And
1: that was really exciting. We didn't know we could yeah. do that. It, that was really exciting for them, but they, they, they still – they still were students at well, that say, time. It
0: says in Luke six forty, it says a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. And that's where we need the instruction. Uh, that that comes from the Lord to be like Him. He wants yep. us to be like Him.
1: Yes, He does. And
0: what did He look like? What what did how did He walk? Mm-hmm. And you know, He said, "I come to make the crooked path straight." Where did that path lead? Mm-hmm. It led to Golgotha. Mm-hmm. It, it led to a crucified life.
1: It shows us that this world is not our friend. That's right. And yeah. this world is a mm-hmm. totally different way of thinking. It's it, it uh, the the born again experience takes us from a a, a, a short. Uh, short window of, mm. of time that we've got to mm. eternity. And it, it helps us to, uh, to, uh, to change our mind and start living with an eternal mindset. Mm. Uh, do not be conformed to this world, yeah. uh, but be transformed by the renewing, renewing of your mind, mind that you may prove what the good and acceptable and perfect will of God.
2: But the world has an awful lot of power to, to demand conforming. Yeah, and I'm thinking, you the more we talk, the more I'm thinking, maybe there, this process of becoming a disciple, is something that goes on all the time. We never arrive. There's never a moment we can say, okay, now Peter is there, or now we have arrived, until we go to be with him.
1: Well, I think I think there's part of that. I think there's part of that, but there is part of us that says, you know, what are we willing to do? You know, how are we willing to trust God? And how are we, uh, you know, just how does that play out in our lives? I mean, there's more to this than going to church and, uh, and, and um, uh, endless Bible studies and, and, uh, and, and prayer meetings and that mm-hmm. stuff. There's a place where we've got to actually take that knowledge that we've, we've learned and put it into practice because, uh, you know, it's like, like uh, being a carpenter. You know, you can, mm-hmm. you can study how to pound a nail, for, uh, for but until you <laughs> hit your and thumb a few pages, times, yeah. uh, you don't learn. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so you know, getting in and, and doing it, but I you know, understanding the power that we have—if we can do that together—is mm-hmm. just is just uh, it, it's just it's almost infinite. Well,
0: yeah. or ever learning and denying the power thereof. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, because
2: there became a point where Jesus turned to his disciples and said, "Okay, you're no longer learners. Go." You're, I'm yeah you in are. fact he left
1: us yeah, <laughs> he, yeah. he, he went he to heaven and said, hey, hey, guys I've done my part here But and, he uh,
2: said but he didn't leave them without a promise of power he said I'm going to leave you, but I'm going to send the power you need to do to take over
1: and boy isn't that a power and it came. yeah it came and it's uh, it, it's still at work today yeah and I'm so grateful for that I mean, uh, you know i I just appreciate you uh today um Listening to us, and and I hope that this has been a uh, a good time for you folks. Uh, it's been it's a it's a process for me. Yeah, thank you, know, you to Barbara and Dave. Yeah, thanks for yes, Barbara and Dave yes. for calling in today and, mm-hmm. and uh, willing particip- to
2: open your hearts to us.
1: So, God bless you, and we will be back uh, next Saturday. And who who do we have on next we Saturday? We have
0: uh, Jerry Soroys Okay, and and uh, they're going to be talking about their their men's group and and what uh, is on their agenda.
2: Yeah, how lives are being changed.
1: Yeah, and so uh, this week, you know, just be thinking about you know, how do you, how do you love Jesus? You know, how do you what are you going to do uh, for Jesus this week? Uh, you know, it's it's a uh, it's a wonderful journey. Are it's you exciting ready to be sent out. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> God bless you, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye bye.